The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Well, the time's just gone 19 past 5. Welcome to the Afternoon Overdrive on 11.9 High FM. I'm Michael McKenna. Joining us now on the line at this point in time on the Afternoon Overdrive, we welcome Rolene Marks, our correspondent in Israel. Rolene, good afternoon. Thanks once again for joining us. Good afternoon. Always good to be with you. No, great to have you on board, Rolene. So quite a bit to unpack, if we can. Let's start with uh, South Africa's perception of the ICJ ruling, reality or illusion, given some remarks uh, delivered today by President Ramaphosa, believing that the ICJ ruling can now affect domestic affairs, particularly the elections which are coming up. Really? Well, it is a very, very troubling comment by uh, President Ramaphosa to infer the interference of election results uh, by a foreign power and accuse a foreign nation of something that they have not done and, of course, cannot disprove and, of course, will not do. Uh, President Ramaphosa is using ugly canards that we have heard in our history before. Uh, Whenever anti-Semitism rears its ugly head and uh, Minister Lamola, I disagree with your comments on hard talk on the BBC where you say there are no examples of anti-Semitism in South Africa. It is not for you to decide what we regard as anti-Semitic. I have seen a lot of things today that are really, really raising my concerns, uh, watching from afar, but very, very much Uh, knowing what is happening in South Africa. These are very dangerous statements by uh, or from uh, President Ramaphosa, especially the the leader of a country that aligns itself with another country that is quite famous for um, election uh, interference. And we know what he's trying to say, and it comes out of the anti-Semitism playbook from Russia, uh, circa 1938. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's see how this transpires, uh, Rolinia. Okay. Cheap electioneering, you could say. Yes, uh, banking on this to punt uh, the ANC's cause. We can only see what can develop and happen within the next couple of weeks, but certainly that's going to be a narrative I'm sure that they're going to be banking on or yeah, going forward. We're going to be seeing a lot but more let's, of that. Let's, yeah. talk about, let's talk about this ICJ, really, because we've yeah. also had a statement from Foreign Minister Naledi Pandor today calling on international uh, powers or international national backers of Israel not to fund uh, the IDF. In, in, in other words, not to ensure that the Jewish state has the ability to arm itself. Now, we have been very, very clear throughout uh, the decades that the IDF is strong, and if we need to go it alone, we'll go it alone. But we heard uh, in the last couple of weeks from the international community just how repugnant they think that South Africa's case against Israel at the ICJ is. We heard the murmurings on Sunday that the South African government think they have the power to take Israel to the ICC as well. Now, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, South Africa has declared legal war against uh, the state of Israel. Uh, They seem to be fixating on Israel. And of course, it's very coincidental that this follows phone calls uh, from Iranian President Raisi to President Ramaphosa and visits by 
Foreign Minister Pandor to Iran. And, and yes, would it interfere in domestic policies? It may well uh, be, but I don't think that's going to be the fault of any international power. I think that that is going to be the fault of the ANC spending ludicrous amounts of your money your taxpayer money uh, for this uh, court case, which they think they, ha they are the moral conscience of the world. Sadly, you are not the moral conscience of the world because uh, the world largely disagrees with what you're doing because the facts on the ground negate your allegations, South Africa. And, uh, you know, if you think that um, the state of Israel is going to ignore these kind of threats, uh, you have another uh, thought coming. The only thing that is interfering in your domestic policies is your ineptitude and your ability to provide for ordinary South Africans. And by, by Israel responding back, I'm sitting here in Israel and I'm responding back. Rolene, another issue that was really making headlines today, while well, still continues making headlines from yesterday, UNRWA hearing in Congress. What was that all about? Well, you and I have been speaking about UNRWA, the hearings, the countries, one after the other, uh, pulling their money or, or freezing their money. And yesterday, a congressional hearing for the uh, uh, Foreign Affairs Committee listening to the testimony about UNRWA. Now, I really encourage everybody to go onto UN Watch's YouTube channel and look, uh, and watch the brilliant Hillel Noyer's eight-minute presentation to Congress. It's succinct, it's factual, it's, uh, it, it's exactly to the point, and it and demonstrates clearly from 2014 to what we are saying today, exactly what we have seen with UNRWA, how complicit staff members were uh, on the 7th of October. It is not just a few bad apples. It's uh, a whole swathe of uh, UNRWA staff. Uh, Rolene, given, given these findings and uh, what you've just mentioned, what, uh, what was heard in the Congress today, it's... Uh, wouldn't it raise suspicions? If UNRWA is doing this, then other United Nations bodies, surely they should also be looked into? Aren't they susceptible to this kind, to this kind of, uh, shall we say, dubious activity? Well, so far, the only focus right now is on UNRWA. Uh, we don't know because we don't have proof yet Indeed. of any other uh, organization being complicit in the 7th of October. Uh, we do have the proof, uh, uh, irrefutable proof of UNRWA's involvement in uh, the atrocities of the 7th of October. Rolene, something else you wanted to touch on to and uh, elaborate on this undercover op that happened in the West Bank yesterday. Tell us more about that. Yes, yeah, so in less than 10 minutes, Israeli counter-terror operatives dressed as nurses and doctors went into the Ibn Sahi uh, hospital in Jenin and eliminated three terrorists. Now, a lot of people are squeaking and squawking, Michael, saying, you mm -hmm. know, it's illegal and Israel's operating in a hospital and don't they accuse Hamas of operating in a hospital. But this is uh, a counter-terror operation under the auspices of international law. 
people very often confuse the laws of armed conflict with the, uh, what you are allowed to do uh, under international law. The alternative would have been to fire a great big stonking missile mm -hmm. into the hospital and take out the, the terrorists there. But Israel, uh, within 10 minutes, uh, and contrary to social media reports, did not go ward to, to ward you know, scaring people, but knew exactly who the targets were, knew exactly where they were. It took them 10 minutes they were in, they were out without disturbing the rest of the hospital. Ronin, I know I'm, I am uh, railroading through a lot of, so I want to try and get to as many topics as possible on the show today. Earlier on, I showed you something that's very concerning, given the... Uh the atmosphere and the war situation in Israel at the moment. And from a leadership point of view, at this point in time, Etamar Ben-Gavir, a uh, report coming through that he's threatened to topple the Netanyahu government if a reckless hostage deal is made. Certainly not the time to uh, yeah, exhibit such uh, emotions and sentiments. Absolutely not the time. It, it, it shows the most unbelievable hubris and lack of sensitivity to the families whose loved ones are, are in the uh, are in the Gaza stripper who are being held hostage. This is not the time for one of Itamar Ben-Gavir's uh, temper tantrums. And you know what, if he wants to behave like a, a toddler, instead of uh, having the best interest of Israel at heart, then you know what, no. I think the majority of Israelis are saying, go ahead. Do what you need to do. Mm. You know, uh, it, it's enough with the blackmail. It's enough with the threats. Uh, Israel is at war. If this is the way that you are going to behave in a time of war and not stand by the government, we've got the opposition party standing with the government and the war cabinet's decision uh, on whatever they decide. And we still don't have a final uh, agreement with hostages uh, yet. Hamas want full withdrawal from the Gaza Strip. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu says this is not going to happen. We have two goals, the returning of all our hostages and the dismantling of uh, Hamas. Total victory. That is our goal. And once we've reached our goal, we will uh, withdraw from the Strip. This is not the time mm -hmm. to bring in these divisive uh, uh, agendas and tantrums. Mm -hmm. I think we've just about made it, really, and we've tried to fit in as much as possible into our chat this afternoon. But it's time once again to say goodbye, Rolin. Rolin, thanks so much uh, once again for joining us at this point in time, just to give us some background as what is tra what is transpiring in Israel at the moment. Rolin Marks, our correspondent from Israel.